You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. Now, let's turn to the next part of today's program. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about breast cancer support. Now, official figures from the hospital authority from the year 2021 say that breast cancer is the third leading cancer here in Hong Kong behind colorectal and lung cancer, which is at number one. Now, to talk about ways to manage, to treat, and also to support those with breast cancer, I'm really delighted to be joined in the studio by Dr. Polly Jung, the founder of the Hong Kong Breast Cancer Foundation. Welcome to the program, Dr. Jung. Thank Good you morning, so much. Th- thank you so much for being with us this morning. And we are also live on Facebook as well. So I'd love for our listeners to join us there if you can. And Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So first of all, uh, give us an outline of some of the work you do at the Hong Kong Breast Cancer Foundation. Yes, Hong Kong Breast Cancer Foundation is founded on the March the 8th in 2005. Uh, it's a uh, focus organization, uh, basically uh, focusing on the well-being and of um, breast cancer patients. Uh, so it's a patient-centric organization. Uh, it's founded by a group of healthcare professionals, uh, doctors, nurses, and also patient survivors who feel the need to come together to put in more efforts to do community service and hope for, to um, increase awareness of breast health and breast cancer care in Hong Kong. Basically, we have three missions. Uh, one is to support the patients through their treatment path and beyond in their survivorship days. And the second is to promote breast health and early detection through screening. And the third is to advocate best, uh, better breast cancer care through evidence uh, from our um, breast cancer registry data. Yeah, and they always say prevention is better than cure. Certainly. Yeah, unfortunately, there might not be a, a huge uh, preventative measure, but there are certainly steps that we can do. Um, for example, self-examination, which when you speak to uh, some women, um, it's unheard of. They don't really do it. So talk us through some of the process of uh, self-breast examination. Yes, in fact, uh, most uh, breast cancer, if you're going to, if you're not going through screening, you have to feel something in your breast or some changes. So uh, if you feel a lump in the breast, this is the most common um, way of um, detection by women themselves. It's called self-detected cancer. And obviously, apart from breast lumps, uh, you have to look for skin changes like any bulges, any dimples, any distortion or contracture of the breast uh, shape and uh, contour, any ulcerations or things like uh, suddenly a red dots coming up and things like that. Also, whether there's any armpit swelling, and whether there's any nipple discharge, especially bloody discharge or ulceration of the nipple. All these are common uh, breast cancer symptoms that one has to be aware of. So through breast self-examination, one is um, one can, um, basically there are three aspects. One is look, uh, second is feel, and look for change. This is the third. So look is to look in the mirror when you are um, taking off your uh, upper clothes, see whether there's any of the changes that I just mentioned is uh, apparent or not. Uh, feel is to move around uh, using soupy fingers on the skin to try to find out whether there's any um, abnormal oh. things. And the third is look for change. So everybody's breast is different. Some are softer, some are more lumpy. So if you feel any change, that is most important. So um, this is look, feel, and look for change. This is the basis of breast self-examination. This is the first step to be aware of any breast change. Yeah. Over the years, I'm sure you've worked with many uh, women and men. What are some of the, why why are some of them reluctant to to do this? Is it an embarrassment or is it cultural? Why is it that some people don't do this sort of self-examination that you've come across? Right. Basically, most people think I'm healthy. 
uh, that won't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> so they are busy with their life. So even during bath, we, we, we say if you're going to a bath, it's the most um, convenient time to do you're your breast washing examination. Your armpits, That's right. You're washing so just everywhere. go a bit more slowly and go through the breast more carefully. And so most people um, uh, are not aware that uh, breast cancer can hit. But uh, currently, what you have mentioned to us about the latest figure, uh, one in 11 women are hit by breast cancer in Hong Kong. This is like a Western figure already. So this is only figure in 2021. So we are looking at 2023. So expect today it will be even much worse. Yeah. What about a mammogram? At what uh, step it should women have a mammogram? Is it when they detect something or should it be a preventative measure as well? Mammogram basically is a, is a test to um, detect cancer before you can feel anything in the breast. So this comes before your breast self-examination. Yeah, but... Um, uh, obviously, uh, there's an age uh, to start doing mammogram screening. Uh, from our statistics, it appears that uh, women from the age of 40 will start to have increased uh, or spike of uh, breast cancer incidence. Therefore, we recommend people or women uh, above the age of 40 to start screening uh, with mammogram. Mammogram is very different from uh, your fingers. Uh, they can detect things that you, can't, you cannot feel. Uh, basically, there are two aspects which is important. One is to look for architectural distortion. Uh, if a lump is formed, the time when they start to f- to form, there may not be a lump that you can feel, but they will start to have some distortion in the breast um, uh, architecture. So this is the first most important thing that a mammogram can detect. The second is microcalcifications. When uh, when a cancer is formed or maybe before it's formed, when the cancer cell appears, they can grow quickly, but they also die off quickly. So when they die off, they produce calcified spots. Usually they are in a linear pattern, branching pattern, or very close clusters. These are very different from the benign calcifications that are found in 15% of normal women, which are calcified deposits within the breast ducts. So they are different. The radiologist can tell which is, which is which. suspicious or not. So basically, it's before a cancer is formed, mammogram can pick up its presence. And that's why mammogram is the gold standard of screening, uh, providing people with the earliest sign of cancer in the body. So how, how often should women be having mammograms? Um, uh, basically, uh, once every two years, starting from the age of 40, and if you have a family history of breast cancer or if yourself has got a history of breast cancer already, you can go for a yearly examination. That's right. Uh, when to stop, uh, basically, is to uh, uh, most uh, screening programs, we say 70 or 74. But if you're healthy after 74, you're still up and about, you're uh, active, then you can go on to screen. Yeah. Is there a genetic factor to breast cancer then? Yes, there are two genes, which is called BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, which are more um, uh, prominent uh, in uh, some families. Uh, they would produce breast cancer in the range of 50 to 80% of the women's lifetime. Uh, but fortunately, the um, genetic test or the um, uh, genetic mutation that give rise to breast cancer is not uh, the main uh, cause. Uh, about 5% of breast cancer women uh, have uh, this kind of mutation. That means 95% of women we see nowadays with breast cancer, they do not have this gene mutation. So it even could be if they have external and it could be just yes. environmental, maybe the food we eat, the plastics that's around us, deodorants, there's so many sorts of and things. And lack of exercise. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And diet. So, 
Yeah, and diet as mm. well. Yeah. Well, what, what are some of the common breast cancers uh, that we come across then? Right. Basically, when we talk about breast cancer, uh, usually we talk about histology. Ninety-five uh, percent uh, of the breast cancer arises from the ducts. Five percent arise from the lobules. But this is only anatomical. The more important is the biological subtype. Uh, we now treat patients according to their biological subtype. There are three main subtypes. One is a hormone-sensitive cancer. They contain hormone receptor positive uh, positive uh, cells, so any external estrogen can stimulate their growth. Second type is called HER2 receptor, uh, HER2 overexpression. Um, in this kind of cancer, there are specific pathways that um, uh, we breast cancer specialists can treat them according to the HER2 receptor status. This is about uh, 25% of all uh, breast cancer patients. And the other 12% is called triple negative cancer, meaning that the estrogen progesterone receptor are negative and also the HER2 receptor is not present. This is the most difficult to treat uh, breast cancer in yeah. our case. When you mentioned the first type, when there's too much estrogen, you know, a lot of products have things like phytoestrogen. Does that mimic sort of the production of estrogen? Could that also affect uh, breast cancer or, or cause that? Phytoestrogen is different. We yes. are talking about animal estrogen. Okay. So that's why, um, say, women after uh, menopause, if they go on hormone replacement therapy, many of the estrogen products are derived from um, Anim animal animals. Horse, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So um, any external source of estrogen um, and also some uh, kind of weak, weakly estrogenic um, compounds or preservatives in our healthcare products and so on, um, this has to be um, taken uh, aware, be aware of. Yeah. Can... Okay, so what are some of the treatments of breast cancer or common ones that we come across here in Hong Kong? Uh, breast cancer, if they are detected early, surgery is the mainstay. But if they are detected late, we'll call multidisciplinary treatment, meaning that they will have to involve, apart from surgery, it will be uh, chemotherapy or drug Range. therapy and also radiotherapy. So it's called multidisciplinary treatment. But if you and come to stage later four, stage, yes, yeah. uh, well, even up to even stage two or even early stage one, if you have a HER2 receptor positive cancer or triple negative cancer, they will have to undergo medical treatment. But we have found that medical therapy, in addition to surgery, has improved a lot the survival of patients. Yeah, that's why it's so important to get it early than mm -hmm. this way. So you mentioned surgery is really um, the, the, the first uh, course of action. How does that work? Is that the total removal or how does it work? Is that the total removal of breasts? We have come a long way from doing radical mastectomy to modified radical mastectomy to lumpectomies. Um, the long way is supplemented with the development of radiotherapy and also medical therapy. So nowadays, if you detect the cancer early, you may not need to remove the whole breast. So it's depending on the tumor and the breast volume ratio. If it's a small tumor, even with a small breast, we can still preserve the breast. And um, w can it reoccur if we choose to remove you know, the entire breast? Removing the whole breast does not give you a better overall survival or even ah. local recurrence. So um, in fact, uh, for um, mammogram-detected cancers uh, in a lot of other places who have population-based screening launched by the government, 80% uh, of people can uh, undergo lumpectomies in self-mastectomies. So um, it's always a preconception. Women think that I get rid of the whole breast, I won't have cancer coming back. No, sure, it's, yeah. it's not true. Okay. Uh, cancer can um, escape from the breast early through the bloodstream and also from the lymphatics. 
into distant organs like the lungs, the liver, or the bones, or even the brain. That's right. Well, um, is stage four cancer sort of curable? I mean, there, there is sort of no uh, cure for uh, metastatic breast cancer. It, can it be treated or how is it managed? Yes, of course, uh, it can be managed. Uh, stage four cancer previously with a five-year overall survival of only 5%. But with the development of medical therapies, we have uh, now come up to uh, almost 30% five-year survival. And I do have a couple of patients who are surviving more than 10 years. So um, medical therapy, it's, uh, it's uh, very uh, useful in treating stage four breast cancer patients. And uh, so uh, for stage four breast cancer patients, we always encourage them to say that uh, it's like a chronic disease, like your diabetes, like your hypertension. You just have to take medications. And if there's any resistance to the drug um, medications that you're taking, there's certainly there are a lot many other new drugs that you can uh, you can try on. So uh, we have patients who survive more than even 10 years. Such a great positive outlook because, you know, cancer, like any cancer, can be a really incredibly lonely journey. And it's great that, you know, we've got support groups uh, like yours. So, Dr. Chen, tell us a little bit more about some of the work you do. What sorts of upcoming activities uh, will you have planned? Well, uh, first of all, we have regular services to the, to the women uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, first is the Breast Health Center. We have two centers, one in Hong Kong, one in, uh, in also in Kowloon, uh, providing uh, daily uh, regular screening and um, uh, services for patients uh, after their risk assessment, uh, which uh, is the modality that they should use. So mammogram and ultrasound screening are possible in our centers. Uh, this is a regular screening program. So uh, coming up in the Christmas vacations, if you uh, are thinking of a gift to your uh, loved ones, so uh, you can try asking them uh, or uh, giving them, um, support them to go through the Breast Health Center for a breast screening. Secondly, we have a year-long um, um, patient support services. Patients who are diagnosed throughout the year, they can just call in and um, get supports from our professional nurse counselors and also from peer patient support. We have um, patients who are in the young groups, in the elderly groups, and also those with metastatics. And it's a good um, place to join that you can share your feelings and also get some uh, tips from uh, the other fellow patients. Uh, for um, regular activities, we have a pink walk every October, which is the International October uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, apart from that, we have scientific meetings, um, taking new information for patients in, in our life symposium in May and also in November for our um, uh, doctors and nurses uh, in November. And in March, in the International Women's Day, we have uh, meetings and also gatherings for uh, breast cancer patients to celebrate their life. Yeah, it's, there is really something for everyone. And I like that, you know, there are peer support groups because sometimes it's great to have that shared journey and that shared experience and also tips and advice um, from professionals as well. There seems to be a very busy uh, upcoming uh, schedule. How can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Is Have you got a website and social media? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, you can go to our website, hkbcf.org, or go to our Facebook and also to Instagram. If you have someone who has been hit by cancer and you want to have urgent um, uh, counseling and support, call our number 2525 6033. 
Excellent. Well, meanwhile, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Polly Jung, the founder of the Hong Kong Breast Cancer Foundation. And you heard that all channels of communication is open. You can visit their Facebook, their Instagram, and also their website, and also their hotline, uh, should you or know somebody uh, who is touched by breast cancer. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you.